Khalifa. Tout. Quand tu vas au Cameroun, tu. Euh... Bon, quand je vais au Cameroun, je, je. Je dois chercher, soit je vais chez Intentel, ou bien je vais. Là, je ah, cherche Airbnb. L'hôtel est trop cher, tu vois. L'hôtel est trop cher. So, we back at it. One Tasting Sundays, episode 8. We sitting down with Lionel, a uh, young entrepreneur from Cameroon. He's out there doing uh, big things on his own business. We're going to ask him a lot of questions, trying to pick his brain. He has a lot of information. You know, he's out there. Um, uh, he has a business. He's, he has employees. He's uh, handling things in a tough environment, in a hard environment. Everything is not structured like here in the, in the U.S. or here in uh in, in the first world country, so, so a lot of things that um, you guys are going to find out with this episode. Uh, can you go ahead and say a little, little bit about yourself, sir? What is your name? Uh, where you from? How old are you? Uh, what is your business? What do you do? Um, hello, um, my name is Lauro Zali. I'm from Cameroon. Uh, I'm 22, uh, 30, 32 years old. Um, <coughs> Mm, okay, just a little bit about me. Um, I was born in Bafsum. Uh, grew up over there. Uh, got to Douala when I was about 15. Mm -hmm. uh, I got my baccalaureate there. Um, an electrotechnical baccalaureate. So it's basically electrical engineering and electronics. Nice. Uh, what we call back F3 in Cameroon. And uh, after that, I left. I went to the UK. Uh, I went through my university education over there mm -hmm. uh, up to my master's. <coughs> so after my master's, I basically got a contract with a, with, with a company com called, called Slumberger. Okay. And That's a petroleum uh, company. Yeah, petroleum company. Oh, and company. Um, yeah, I was, I was assigned back to Douala. So I moved back to Douala in 2012. And I worked for Slumberger till 2015, end 2015. So about four years. Okay. And uh, so you worked for them for four years, and you. So the business that you have today, did you, did you get the experience from working there, or just from being in Cameroon and noticing that a certain sector needed help, maybe? No, actually, um, what actually happened is that uh, in 2014, 2015, we had the the, the petroleum crisis. So right. um, it affected us here too. And yeah, everywhere. so it affected everyone, mm -hmm. and. Uh, a lot of engineers got laid off. Mm -hmm. um, I would say me included, even okay. though it was more of a me and them not understanding each other. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say it was part of that. And you had to think on your feet. So yeah, basically, um, 2015 we parted ways, and then from there I started working with my dad. He has a mm -hmm. trucking company, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I would say that's actually when I started living in Cameroon because working for that petroleum company, in mm -hmm. those four years, I was all over the place. I, I, would, I would say my base was Douala, but mm -hmm. I, I worked in France. I worked in uh, UAE. Mm -hmm. I worked in Saudi Arabia. I worked in Nigeria. I worked in Chad. I worked in Congo and all that. Under, the, under the same under, company? Under the same company. Chumbaje, okay. So they were sending me everywhere. So I wasn't really in Cameroon. Okay. So I was... I, Traveling. I would say I was traveling around the world, I, and I did that for four and a half years. And I, I'm sure and you learned a lot. You met a lot of people. Yeah, I met a lot of people, and uh, I, I would say I met a lot of cultures. And it, it, it's part of 
is part of who I am nowadays, and it's basically helping me to adapt. Okay. So I, I I understand that people can live with the minimum, people cannot live with, with certain things in certain areas. Mm -hmm. So you basically have to adapt. Yes, all the time. All the time. So yeah. Um. So coming back to coming back to Cameroon when I really started living in Cameroon. So mm -hmm. that was I would say August two thousand fifteen. So um, me and me and Slumbeshi we parted ways, and um, I started working. My dad just giving me a helping hand. Okay. And, and uh, what, what did your dad do? My what? dad is uh, he has a trucking company. Oh, okay. So we do transport all over Cameroon, okay. like uh, basically everywhere, and we transport Freight? everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, we transport everything. We do, we do crates, okay. beer, malt, petroleum product, mm -hmm. gas. LPGs, I mean, almost everything, containers. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'd say when I started working for him, and I mean, working with him, it was basically to help him. Mm -hmm. But uh, during the first six months, we had a lot of new contracts coming in, and uh, the, the, the clients started asking for a different standard. Okay. So they wanted up to up our standards, they wanted us to basically overcome new challenges. So uh, I took those on and after a year, I realized that I was actually needed in that company. What are some of the challenges? Um, For basically, example? Um, okay, uh, we started working 24 seven, which is something that we've, we've, we've never done. And that's something I've noticed companies do here in the, in the US, yes. but it was not exactly. big in back home. So basically they, they wanted, well, like our biggest client, which is Brasilia Cameroon, they wanted us to work 24 seven mm -hmm. and on two different and in two different towns. So right now we are running 24 seven in Yaoundé and Douala. Wow, wow, wow. And so you have three shifts probably. Exactly. Okay. We have, we have three shifts. We have like, it's basically, it's basic six, six to two, yeah. two to, uh, is it two, uh, two to six <coughs> and then, uh, and, and then six to six. Basically. Okay. Is it, Six to two, two to ten, and then six to and, and then ten to six. Oh wow! So you, so you, you, you your, your father, you are employing a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that's only two of the projects we have. Okay. We have about five projects going on. Okay, and Yeah, and those two projects are twenty four seven. But the other projects are just normal projects. It's, it's six to six, basics. Okay. Maximum six to ten. And is it still related to? Uh, trucking? It's, it's really, yeah, we only do trucking. Okay. We only do trucking. Um, we we specialize in trucking transport. That's and what we basically do. I mean, we have side businesses like like um, real estate, okay. And all that, but those are side businesses. Our main business is trucking. So during what I was doing that, mm -hmm. I I did that for about a year and a half, mm -hmm. and then um, I had the opportunity to start distributing mm -hmm. uh, Brazilian Cameroon products. Products, okay. So. Um, that opportunity came along as I was working with my dad, and uh, I saw it as a way to challenge myself to open my own company mm -hmm. and basically do something for myself. And, and before we go even further, can you tell the, the listeners your the name of your dad's company? They may know it. Uh, in Cameroon, especially. It's, it's called Zalisa. Okay, Zalisa. Yeah, and then you said you saw the opportunity. That's when you decided to, uh, to start your own company. Yeah. So when I got the opportunity, I, I basically filed the papers like anyone else, mm -hmm. and uh, somehow I got chosen. So um, I got given a six-month probation. Okay, you know, your, your dad gave you the six-month probation? No, or? They, they, 
the, the Brazilian Cameroon. Okay. Oh, I gave see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. Like they basically gave me. Okay. Yeah. You have six months. Let's see what you can do. Let's see what you can do. Mm-hmm. So and uh, I think they gave me. They gave me the. November 2016, I think. Yeah, that was November 2016. I got the approval, and uh, I had to start, and everything had to be ready for January. Okay. So I basically had three months to set everything up. So. And what was the what was that that that, that one thing that was lacking? What was the, the niche that you found? Um, the biggest issue was to find a location because okay. uh, what happened is when you get given a distribution contract. Mm-hmm. They give you an area. They give you an area where you are the sole distributor, mm-hmm. and you have to be in that area. All your stores, mm-hmm. all your uh, all your storages, all your boutiques, everything you you have, in have to, has, has to be in that area. So if the so brasserie is located, let's say in north of Douala, you have to keep. If you work with them, yeah. If they give you the north of Douala, uh-huh. you have to be in the north of Douala. Like you your storage, your yeah, trucks, exactly. everything, headquarters, everything. Yeah, so your headquarters cannot be in the south and you distribute it in the north. But what so if you win the contract? What if um, you win the contract and your location is not where, where they want it to be? You you have to close your location and move? Because yes, they're pretty exactly. it's yeah, big business. Yeah, yeah. If you get a contract with them, it's... If, if, if they move you, you have to close your location and move. Wow. That's basically what, what happens. It's probably worth it. Well, I'll say it's worth it, but there's... It becomes a logistical problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to move all your stuff. You have to find a new space. You have to find a new a new office. You have mm-hmm. to find everything, and you have to do that in the, in, in a short amount of yeah, time. Yeah, like three months. You said most like of the time they give you two to three months. Yeah. So, and in an environment like Douala, where people are not exactly honest, yeah, it becomes a big people. Problem. People always thinking on their feet. People trying to like outthink you. Exactly. Outsmart you. Outsmart you all the time. So. Um, I would say that was one of my biggest challenges, but I, I overcome that. And uh, um, the next thing was to basically get the trust of your clients, because what you trust. do, what you do when you, what you encounter when you distribute booze, is the fact that most barmen and people working in that industry, most of them are most of them are not educated. Mm-hmm. So they started when they were young, and in they the yeah, and they basic and they basically self-made men and men and women mm-hmm. who they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. They just have, know the numbers. They just know the numbers, and you have to work with them. And they basically they work with trust. Mm-hmm. And when you when when you're new in the market. Mm-hmm. They don't really trust you. And what, like, when you say trust, are they like trust as in, I'm scared that you will steal my money or I'm scared that you're not going to deliver on time? Most of the time is 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 the, is the, is delivering on time. Delivering on time. Because yeah. what happens is they pay you when you deliver. Okay. Right? But if you don't deliver on time, they can't sell anything. Mm-hmm. And the booze goes really fast. Yes, especially, especially in Cameroon. I mean, it goes really fast. So if you can't deliver on time, they will lose their sales. If they lose their sales, that means that means they're not making any money. Yeah. So you have to build that trust. So if you have a lounge, if someone has a lounge, they order things from from you. Yeah. Especially expected to be there. Yeah, if it's not there, there, the clients will go to the next lounge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly that. what happens. So you have to make sure that mm-hmm. you keep up to you, to 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 your word. Okay. So I mean, I would say the first three months. I had to deal with the client 
and also how to deal with the employees because mm-hmm. I mean you have a new company everyone is new mm-hmm. some of them they don't know anything you have to train them mm-hmm. on the spot you have to I mean at some point you're even training your own self because you start a distribution business something you haven't done you go from yeah, like you go from engineering to logistics and sales mm-hmm. I mean at some point it's just you basically you're just navigating like thinking on your feet and just exactly. trying to find your way as you know especially as if you as you're going especially if you build a company there's a lot of things that you you thinking about the high level stuff there's exactly. a lot of things that and you there's a lot of want. things that you shouldn't be worried about but exactly the, the, the problem is that in that kind of business you make money when you sell numbers mm-hmm. so when you sell in big numbers that's when you make money because mm-hmm. the, the benefit on one credit is not that much mm-hmm. if you manage to sell 30,000 credit a month mm-hmm. then you start seeing the money mm-hmm. And losing one credit mm-hmm. is a big loss. So, listen to a competitor. Yeah, no, right? that's like even losing one. Grade, let's say, let's say someone damages it. Yeah, I mean, okay. if it's, if it falls. Yeah. I mean, we are we are in Cameroon, which is it? I mean, it's a third world country. <laughs> we all know what happens. So right? I assume you have a lot yeah, of claims. Some, some of them get smuggled some yeah. of them get stolen by the employees yeah. and all that so you you need to put a system in place that stop your own employees from from stealing that's from crazy you, that's you know? <laughs> and uh, you need to put a system in place that stop your client from coming back and telling you you gave me something that that that, that is not drinkable yes so i mean it <coughs> takes time it takes time and i would say i i learned a lot my first year i learned a lot my first year and uh, like, it's after one year that I actually managed to put a system in place mm-hmm. that basically allowed me to see benefit. The first year, it was just a learning curve. You think people were just, it was a learning curve, and plus people curve. like I mean, also people, trying to think you. People were trying to think me, people were trying to, to I mean, to take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. All sort of things happened. And I would say, my mom and my, and my brother helped me a lot on that okay. on that perspective, you know. Uh, they were not on the field. They were not there with me all, all the time. But mm-hmm. any time I had something coming in my mind, I would tell them and, I, and they'd be like, okay, you do that, you do this, mm-hmm. try this, try that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at some point, I, I would say I was, I was a bit disappointed by Cameroonians. I, I was wondering how you can, you, you can give someone a job, pay him every month mm-hmm. you don't you don't miss his pay but he he somehow still finds a way yeah to, to, think <laughs> to stab you and steal you and stab you in the back yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah but then you learn from that and you move on you know you learn from that and you move on and you understand that uh, when you do business at some point you're on your own mm-hmm. right you're on your own and you have to take your own decision and you have to make sure you don't get swindled over mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's basically what most businessmen in the third world are doing. You know, you basically you're constantly trying to fight against the tides. The tides, and that's that's only that's the best way to put it. Yeah, that's only your employee, and mm-hmm. you also have the states. The st- oh my, that's another beast. Yeah, that's 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 another problem. I mean, most of the, I would say, not most of the regulations you have in place. Are not meant for businesses to, to prosper, right? Like it's meant, it's like meant to crumble you. Exactly. So if you really want to follow the regulations by the you have letter, to bribe people. You will never ever make any money. 
like you, I mean you would probably lose the money you invested that's crazy so you just have to find a way to play around it and we we we, we felt uh, we even felt uh, to, to, to mention the company's name because people may know your company uh, your, 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 we talked about your dad's company but we now we're talking about your company yeah. uh, that you started um, people may know your company or people may request your services after listening to this uh, episode uh, your company is called Sekomi that's how yeah, you pronounce it's called it Sekomi, yeah. Sekomi. and that's what's C, the meaning that's C-E that's S-E-C-O-M-I okay and what's the meaning behind um, it <coughs> I would say it in French. It's basically um, Société de Commerce and Industry. Um, okay. It's basically like a like a commercial and industrial company. Because yes. um, my 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 view, I mean my ambition, why opening that company was basically to make it grow mm-hmm. as a commercial company and basically go into like industrial stuff if possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working on it. And you ever you always wanted to, to be in that field, or it's just because your dad you 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 started working um, with him. And I would say I would say even since I finished my masters, mm-hmm. my goal was working for me by the age of fifty. To to start working yeah, by age of fifty. Okay. I mean I mean like to be self-employed, you know, like owning my own business, mm-hmm. right? But I would say. I don't know if it's destiny. I don't know if it's me who pushed for it. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened, but it seems like it came earlier. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are the responsibilities? I'm 32. I was honestly, I started working when I was 24 mm-hmm. professionally. Mm-hmm. But I've been, I basically worked all my life. My first, I got my first job when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I've never stopped working since then. Mm-hmm. But um, my first professional job, like after my master's, I, I, I got it when I was 24. Okay. So uh, I, I gave my, I basically gave myself 25 years to build up, you know, you know, like to build up on, on my knowledge. Oh yeah, because you started that. Yeah. yeah. And then start, start my own company. So I told. Wait, that happened very, very. I soon. told I was going to do that by by the time I f- I'm fifty. Are you serious? Now I'm thirty-two. And I'm, you extra early. I've got my first company, so. Eight years I'm, earlier. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm a successful person. I'm just going to say it happened earlier, and I think the road is going to be longer. But um, longer in the, because you're trying to scale each time. Exactly. So each. So now the expectations uh, I had for myself at. 50, I'm probably going to say I want the same thing at 38. If you, if you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear so you loud and clear. I, I got to the road where I wanted earlier. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and ride it faster. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I have in my, in my mind right yeah. now. So, um, as a person up to now, I've, I'm not the richest person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the minimum, but I would say I don't regret any decision I've taken up to now, right? Um, and every every ambitious person should aim to be self-employed. Yeah, that this, that's definitely I mean, that's something that's something that gives you responsibilities and freedom at the same time. Yeah, why, I think a lot of millennials. Why freedom? Freedom because you make your own shit. If you want to work at one o'clock, you work at one o'clock. 
you want to work at three o'clock, you work mm -hmm. at three o'clock. If you want to sleep at twelve, you sleep. At 12. <laughs> but you have responsi responsibilities, and yeah. nobody, and you don't need anybody to come and tell you this is what you need to do. Man, you gotta get up and do it. You gotta get up and do it. Sometimes you even do it in your sleep. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like it's your own stuff. Mm -hmm. You treat it like your baby. It's your baby, right? yeah, exactly. I mean, at some point, it's it's like. You know you gotta do it. Nobody's. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody has to talk to you. Mm -hmm. You know you gotta do it. I mean, I mean, it's like some people. I mean, some of my family members, like my wife, and all that, they're always saying that I, I don't take vacation. You work too hard, but it's not a matter of working too hard. I, it's like okay, I decide to go on a weekend, but I can't turn my phone off. Mm -hmm. I'll go with my laptop, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I got stuff to do, I'll do it. Yeah, you know, it's your it's your business. It's like my business, it's not like I, I have the choice to close my to close my laptop. Mm -hmm. eh? I have I, I, I can well turn my, my phone off, but does that make me a good boss? But yeah, and I then don't think so. See what I'm saying? And you, you, you especially, especially in our world where things are not structured. I mean, mm -hmm. you can structure all you want, but there are always factors that you don't have power on that <laughs> will come and and change things yeah which means you need i mean whoever is left back mm -hmm, mm -hmm. needs to be able to contact you for you to tell him okay this is what you need to do mm -hmm. right because at the end of the day that decision is down to you yeah you see what i mean you can well i mean you can tell them to do it or you can just decide that okay this weekend i'm not going to look at it whatever mm -hmm. happens happens you need to you need to be ready to to I'm, I'm pretty, gonna say like that. you pretty much like not sleep because yeah, the mean, time zone the time difference yeah i mean it's like <laughs> if, place. if you decide if if you decide not to take off your company 24 7 you have to make sure that when the consequences come you take that as well because mm -hmm. that's how it is and it's impossible to, to start something from scratch and not Close your laptop. It's so hard. Nah, it's impossible. It's, it's impossible. impossible. You have so many things to do. I mean, uh, it's like um, this is my third year. Mm -hmm. This is my third year. Uh, my company is is very is like two years old. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm starting my third year, but mm -hmm. I've still got things that I haven't started yet. Mm -hmm. and I mean, uh, ideas. I got ideas. They're in my head. Mm -hmm. I mean, but like I got so many other things to do mm -hmm. that I haven't done those yet. So it would take me at least another three years to to put eighty to ninety percent of my ideas, mm -hmm. you know, to, to paper to life. and yeah. then you know bring them to life. Mm -hmm. So I would say it would take you it would take about five to six years of your year of of your life to mm -hmm. make sure that your company is actually standing up. It's a long time. It's, that's quite like, that's that's quite some time. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, when you've done that. Then you have to 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 think about a way to to tweak things a little bit, to change things a little bit year by year. Because if you don't go forward, man, my friend, you're gonna go back. Yes. You know, you and it's competition sure. also. Exactly. So you need to make sure you go forward all the time. You need to make sure you bring something new to your to your business every single year. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, at some point, you're gonna start going back. And um, so that's true. I mean that's true. You have to hustle. You have to hustle. If you start a business, you better be diligent and and care, take care of that. 
because if you don't, you're gonna fail. Not only you're gonna fail, the competition is not sleeping. Competition is not sleeping. Exactly. And uh, so what are like, so you doing uh, freight lane to lane? Um, so the borders are not really open in 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 Africa like they should be. Do you guys go to like maybe the Central African Republic, Nigeria, or um, do you? Was it too far? We used to go to Chad. We used to go to Central African Republic. Most um, okay, Central African Republic has reopened. Yes, recently. Yeah, yes, last year, right? But we stopped both of that because of Boko Haram mm-hmm. and the and the you know, in mm-hmm. Central African Republic. But um, at least in the Semak area, mm-hmm. like the Central African countries, the borders are not really a big problem. You can go anywhere mm-hmm. as long as you have your papers. And are the roads good? No, 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 yeah. no. That they are not how they're meant to be. They are not how they're meant to be. You can't compare our roads. I mean, yeah, that's, I w- that's that's the biggest problem we have. Oh. That's that's as as a as a trucking company. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest. That's your biggest enemy. The road is your biggest enemy yeah. because you can't have. I mean, we don't we don't have highways over there. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I wouldn't even call it nationals. You know, those roads are just it's just anyhow. These roads. You have a two-way road. And when it rains. You know, it's, it's a two-way road and you have, you know, holes everywhere on the road. You you have trees coming in. The, I mean, coming yeah, in falling, the road. yeah. You can't, I mean, you, you, you don't have the road. You don't have the vision. Mm-hmm. You, there's no lighting. I mean, you don't see anything. So, right now, um, to to reduce our accident rate, I stop eight. I mean, I, I've I stop all my trucks by seven p.m. Okay. If you have to travel, seven p.m. you stop. Go sleep somewhere, yeah, hotel, yeah. something. No night driving. Okay. No night driving whatsoever. I, unless you are in the town. Mm-hmm. If you have to drive around town, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if no you have highways. to go from one town to town, no highway driving mm-hmm. after af, uh, after 7 o'clock. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. We have no choice. I would rather have a truck that goes somewhere late than having a truck that never gets there. It never gets there. Uh, so The I damages mean, are like... Losing a truck, losing a truck costs you at least 50 million. 50 million fr- francs yeah losing one truck cost you at least 50 million i mean you buy those tr- you buy those truck new for about 70 to 80 million mm-hmm. if you lose that the first year you've lost 80 million if you lose that two, two years later that's a lot of money for a company so that's a lot of money so you need to make sure you keep those assets because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a trucking company your first asset are the drivers and Very the truck true. And having an accident, you're mm-hmm. losing the driver, you're losing the <laughs> truck. Right? It's a lose situation. Lose exactly. Lose. So you don't want to have that. That's and the, that, that's the last thing you want to have. I have a question about the drivers because I know here in the, in the, in the, in the states, um, uh, trucking companies have a lot of issues with drivers, keeping drivers. A lot of companies have crazy uh, sign-on bonuses, like ten thousand, twenty thousand sign-on bonuses, to attract drivers. Um, so that is in Cameroon because I know in Cameroon people. Like the the appointment rate is probably sky, so I'm I'm thinking there may not be an issue finding it's drivers. Same, it's the same thing. Um, the truck drivers, 
The only thing I can tell you is truck drivers, they don't lack jobs. <laughs> oh, they don't like... They, like don't, they, like, they, they don't lack jobs. They oh, they do not like. like. Okay, I'm misheard you. Okay. What I'm saying is they always have a job waiting for them. If, you, if you're a truck driver and you're known to be good, mm-hmm. you will never, ever be jobless. Right? Mm-hmm. The demand is there. Mm-hmm. The drivers are needed. The main problem with those with with those drivers is is that actually I would say nowadays we have like we are at a crossroad. Mm-hmm. The old drivers, most of them didn't go to school. Okay, they learn driving on the spot. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They don't know how to read. Most mm-hmm. of them don't even know how to write their names. Mm-hmm. But they can drive. Mm-hmm. So the 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 hardest thing to teach, I mean, the hardest thing with them is to train them. Because to train them, you need to write, you need to read, you need to show them pictures. You how need to use the equipment and all that. Exactly. So most of them don't know how to read. Mm-hmm. So there's no point handing them books mm-hmm. or... or uh, Machines or scanners, yeah, yeah, whatever. There's no point. So you need to... You need to modulate your training and make sure that most of it is vocal. Okay. Wow. Most of it has to be vocal. If you have to show them something, it has to be pictures and images. Mm-hmm. There's no point giving them a PowerPoint slide with writings on it. That's crazy. They don't know how to read. <coughs> so, so the conventional trainings that you have here in books and mm-hmm. all that, that doesn't work for them. Computers on so there now. We, as a company, we have to to create modules <laughs> for those people, and 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 somehow those are some of the best drivers you will get because wow. some of them have twenty years driving no accidents, but they don't know how to read. Wow! Right? Wow! So, I mean, you you cannot do That's without crazy. them. That's about eighty percent of of the drivers. Eighty percent of them are like that. Yeah. So wow. I would say it's eighty twenty simply because the drivers nowadays that are that are in their thirties, mm-hmm. at least they went to school, mm-hmm. they've been to college, right? Mm-hmm. So they went to school, they went to high school, mm-hmm. at least high school, so they can read and write. So it's it's a bit easier to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're not going to give your truck to someone who's twenty four. Yeah. Right. He's still young. He's still. He's, he's, he's still. He's, he's still young, yeah. and you have bad roads. You have bad drivers. You need someone that's experienced, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as you go above forty, most of them excellent don't know how to read and write. Oh, they're, they're right. good, drivers. good drivers. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, ironic. So you you kind of you kind of have to play with you know mm-hmm. between those. So what you do is. You have a mixed population. You have some young drivers in their thirties. Mm-hmm. You have some old drivers in their forties and fifties, mm-hmm. and they have to be on the same page. You have to give them the same training. Yeah. So what do you do? You 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 you, you take the QHC trainings from from the QHC department, mm-hmm. like uh, even in Europe or wherever. But you have to change those modules. Make mm-hmm. sure that those those drivers understand it, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> or they will mess up your, your trucks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's what happens. And 
like even when you get new trucks i mean we have new trucks coming in all the time mercedes mm-hmm. is creating new trucks you mm-hmm. know is creating new trucks Volvo mm-hmm. is creating new trucks mm-hmm. most of the trucks back back in the days were six shifts mm-hmm. nowadays you have automatic trucks and that's harder and you have to teach them but it's supposed to be easier well they don't know what it is oh my god i mean you think it's easier because you're able to take something and read this is how you drive an, an automatic car I'm thinking like he's just put in a drive and he drive. He doesn't know that. He knows that he gets in his, in his trucks and when he gets the six first gears, he has seven gears, there, three yeah. gears, there. When you bring him a, 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 a book, a manual. A manual saying, this car is different. Yeah. You have to do it like this. He doesn't know how to do it, so you have to teach him by driving yourself. So yeah. you basically get in the truck with him and say, okay, this is how this works. Wow, that's once crazy. He, once he gets it, it's fine. But you cannot rely on manuals mm-hmm. to to teach them. No, it's pointless. So you you have to you have to teach them on the spot. It has to be done on the field. Mm-hmm. Everything with them is done on the field. Wow. So this is th- this this is one of the biggest problem we have mm-hmm. now. I mean nowadays in the trucking business, mm-hmm. right? Um, and also I will mean like every other businesses, right? The, I would say the government doesn't doesn't take the time to actually study every sector mm-hmm. and basically make sure that everyone working in, in that sector is able to make money. Mm-hmm. So what basically happens is the 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 pricing mm-hmm. the pricing is done between the transporter and the client, right? Which is not always right because one client can have 10,000 quotes mm-hmm. which means he can just go for the cheapest for the cheapest right but if all those yeah. were regulated by the states at some point he will not be able to go down mm-hmm. right i mean if if they say okay to go from Douala to yaounde you have to pay i don't know 15,000 per tons mm-hmm. that's the minimum it's minimum right at least you can use that regulation to tell him I cannot go, lower. you know, lower than that. He can't that. play with the numbers. He ca- exactly. But the thing mm. is, that is not there, right? And you have to basically negotiate your price mm-hmm. with your client. And as a company who wants to grow, you have to make a certain amount of profit mm-hmm. if you if if you want to grow. Right. But at the same time, you have what we call informal sector in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. sector and format mm-hmm. where people just manage to buy their two trucks they don't register them they don't pay any taxes they don't do anything yes. and they will come and fight for the same market as you and there's nobody to, to there's stop no, them the there's nobody to stop that you see what i'm saying so yeah. the environment is very hostile for people who actually want to do their job properly mm-hmm. but we i mean we keep on working we hoping that at some point you know things will mm-hmm. change and um i mean if we don't structure it you know s- every sector people will not be able to make money and mm-hmm. if you don't make good money you will not be able to pay your employees properly mm-hmm. which means the the lifestyle their lifestyle is not going to be good and you're not going to have good citizens that i mean it's yes. down to that yes yes, right? yes it's down to that and that's where we are at the moment um we just we just basically hoping that things will change and we we will have 
people in our government that we take the time to go sector by sector, study mm-hmm. the sector and see what is the minimum company needs to be able to sustain their, you know, their self mm-hmm. and and pay their employees properly and actually make money. That's because that's that's why you invest. You yeah. invest to make money, right? You cannot invest and not make any money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's down to that. Yes, yes, yes. That's, you can you can invest and then not make money. On top of that, lose your trucks or lose exactly. drivers. So, so <coughs> it's down to that. Until until the Cameroonian government, those heading the countries, understand that the private sector is the actual engine of the country, mm-hmm. we will not go very far. Mm-hmm. That's the, I mean. I, I think that's the bottom line. I think the government is not working, and well, w- once it does, things will things will get back in place. Yeah, I think they're not looking in the right direction. That's all. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's that's another that's another topic, man. Like they, no, so much. The, exactly. I won't. I won't even go there. I'm just trying to. to I'm just trying to make people understand yeah. what are the difficulties that you face. You, you yeah. face once you start being an entrepreneur and you start employing people mm-hmm. and you know and you basically i mean you're trying to invest money and put your own sweat and blood in in a business to mm-hmm. make it grow those are the that those are the difficulties that you get but don't get me wrong if you if you play play the cards right you you'll be able to make money mm-hmm. right you that's that's why people say you know the place to make money at the moment is africa because there are opportunities uh, are yeah. open there <coughs> all you need to do is play your cards right. Mm-hmm. One, you play your cards right, and you have to be ready to hustle. Mm-hmm. That's okay. about it. Fine. That's about it. So I'm thinking. Uh, speaking of your company, I'm think I'm thinking of like big companies like here in the U.S., like uh, UPS, for example, or FedEx. So do you guys also think about small packages because that's an issue in Cameroon? Like if I'm in Douala. Actually, people do that. People do that already? Yeah, people do that. But people I'm thinking you already have everything. You have the trucks, you have the, the workers. People, you have have been do, people have been doing that for quite a long time uh, now. Um, you have companies like Solex. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, I think that's the number one in Cameroon right now. And uh, he and there are a couple of other companies that, that, that specialize in, in small packaging. Okay. But um, most of the time, uh, uh, how you call that? Um, personal personal transportation companies mm-hmm. like like I would say Guarantee or Touristic or mm-hmm. whatever, they also have a service provider. Ah, uh, yes, true. They also provide that service. That's true. So people like Solex actually exist because of big corporations like. Orange, okay. MTN, you know. Um, so those Lake, are like maybe their main partners. So what they basically yeah, those, those are their main partners. So what they basically do is they move stuff for them. For them, so right? so yeah. they the average Cameroonian cannot afford that service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in order to make that affordable, you know, um, like companies like Guarantee and all that who are basically transporting people. But then they find space for they find space f- small package. for small packages for small packages. <laughs> yeah, and that makes it affordable. I mean, you go to Solex, you probably move a package from I mean an envelope from Douala to Yaoundé. You 
in the same amount of time for yeah. about twice the price. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. So that's, it's not worth it. Guarantee and all the rest, they're able to do that because their 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 main business is to transport human beings, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Having a a a two on two metal boxes mm -hmm. to put everybody you know you know everybody envelopes and little stuff that you want exactly. to send to the town. It doesn't take that much space. It doesn't take much space. Yeah. So if you come and give him one thousand CFA, he will take it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He doesn't have much. But you can lose. also do. I mean. Well, you're not interested in that. In that, in that in it's not. Uh, I mean, for me, it's not interesting because I have time constraint. Mm -hmm. As soon as I I, I finish loading okay. my client goods, mm -hmm. I have a time constraint. I have a, diff a, a, a defined amount of hours mm -hmm. for me to go from A to B and mm -hmm. deliver his product. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why I have my contract. I have my contracts because I tell my client, once I'm loaded, your goods will be in your own day in the next six hours. Mm -hmm. Right. So I cannot afford mm -hmm. to stay in Douala and wait until <laughs> I got enough, you know, packages, to, you yeah, know, packages to bring to, to, to bring to your own day. I yes. can't afford that because most of my contracts reside on on me being able to deliver on time mm -hmm. so it's not the same business and it's not compatible that's that's, that's good that's 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 uh thank you for making the uh help me understand that that part and like for you for your company like do you have people on the ground like sales uh salesperson going uh in a city knocking on business doors trying to talk to the the owners um, to get business not really not how really do you how do you acquire really. clients uh, most of the time uh, due to the due to the f to, to the way that we do business right mm -hmm. i mean we pay our taxes we pay our, i mean we pay our employees mm -hmm. uh, uh, retirement funds mm -hmm. we, i mean we have a lot of charges right wow you have everything set up nice yeah. nice so nice since i'm paying all that there's a minimum I charge for my service, right? Mm -hmm. Which means there are certain companies who cannot afford me. Mm -hmm. I, was, I would put it like that. Yeah. Okay. So most of the time, I'm I'm always going for the big companies. Brasil so, du Cameroon, like those big boys. Yeah, Brasil du Cameroon, Guinness, mm -hmm. Olivia, mm -hmm. Total, mm -hmm. you know. The big guys, yeah. So those big companies basically they work on what we call um Apedov. I don't know how to say that. That's Apedov. Wow, that's um Wow. So they basically put announcement. Yeah. So it's bit so most of the time when they need Are you looking for when they need transporters, they'll put an an announcement mm -hmm. and tell you, Okay, you Recruitment, maybe? Recru nah. It's not really recruitment because yeah. what they want is for you to bring your portfolio and tell, and tell them, okay, what can you do for me? This is what you need. Mm -hmm. This is what I got for you. Mm -hmm. And I can, I, can do your, I can do your job because I've got this experience. This mm -hmm. experience. You're basically selling yourself, but you have to sell it in a book. Right? Okay. What do you mean in a book? Because to answer an apparel door, you have to give them your, your, your credentials. Okay, like right? what I've been doing. What you've been doing. And you have to give them a pricing price mm -hmm. because they always in in that announcement they tell you 
this is what I need. Mm-hmm. I want to do a transport from A to B. And this is the volume you're going to make every year. Mm-hmm. This is the mat- this is the material that I need. Mm-hmm. This is the equipment I need. So you basically tell them, I've got your equipment, mm-hmm. right? I can I can provide you your equipment in, in the next three to six months, mm-hmm. whatever, right? I've got experience. I've got this. I've got that. This is what I've done. And I can do this business for you, transporting from A to B at this rate. Mm-hmm. That's basically That's what good. I'm doing. So it could be a, a small book you you some i've i've actually answered some of those ad- announcements with a 15 page document wow so it's not it's not basic it's not a simple <laughs> calling someone and sitting on the chair no it starts by you sending them your credentials mm-hmm. them sitting down and saying okay this guy looks like he can do it mm-hmm. they basically call you have an interview with you come down to your headquarters see check what you out. got check everything and be like okay yeah. this is our guy so it's not something that is done under the table right mm-hmm. and um, and you have to be known among transporters to be able to answer that kind of mm-hmm. announcement so which means I don't really need a salesperson because I'm not sure he's going to be able to, he's going to be able to bring me new business okay. uh, uh, new businesses Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, those big companies are are, are almost always going for the same transporters. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they already know the history. Yeah. They don't want to any surprises. Exactly. Okay, I see. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I would say, in about in about ten years, mm-hmm. the transport with the big companies in Cameroon is going to become a close circle. A, a close up. A, a close circle. Oh, <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Because what happens is you have the same people mm-hmm. working in all the big companies in Cameroon. Right, that's true. Right? So if you have the same people working for all the big companies in Cameroon, mm-hmm. what happens? It will be hard for a new being to, to, to come and enter. Right? Depending on that, yeah. Let's say, let's say there's three big transporters in Cameroon mm-hmm. covering the whole country, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that transporter A is covering the north. I'm mm-hmm. covering the south. Transporter C is covering, I don't know, the west and the east. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's going to be business in the south, they all know that I'm going to be the one covering. Yeah. Whenever there's going to be business in the north, I so know who's going to be covering. So there will be no point for me to go fight him. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... Is 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 almost gonna be like okay? You have your piece of the pie. I have my mm-hmm. piece of the pie. Let's just be like that. Mm-hmm. Unless one of those, one of those big guns fall, mm-hmm. I don't see anyone as entering the the the, the, the uh, that the court. Yeah, I see. I mean, that's my personal vision. No, no, I mean, I hear you. I hear and you. I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen. Yeah, that makes sense. I hear you. And uh, so, so for example. Let's say someone is listening to us right now, right? And they own or their parents own a big company and they ship things, ship freight. Um, what is what is something that you can tell them? What is something that your company does differently? Uh, I mean, different than the competition that they may like? Um, I would say our, f- our first strength is that 
we are the one working on our trucks right mm -hmm. so it's my truck mm -hmm. it's my stuff it's, it's it's just like it's my baby basically mm -hmm. right so i wouldn't have any problem waking up at 12 o'clock to go make sure that the delivery is, is done properly mm -hmm. that's the first thing second thing we we maintain our trucks ourselves mm -hmm. so we don't rely on someone else to maintain our trucks which is why i'm able to guarantee a delivery time mm -hmm. because i know that whatever happens i can i can take care of my truck i can maintain my trucks on the road mm -hmm. even at night you have mechanics, I have uh, mechanics for on, that. on a spot i have pickup trucks for that i have emergency teams for that mm -hmm. which is basically why i'm saying yeah, there are some companies that that cannot afford me. I got <laughs> too many. I mean, I got too many charges to they, cover, right? Yes, definitely. That's why. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Just for the say, um, I've actually, I've actually, I've actually had a small job to do for uh, for for a local company, mm -hmm. and they basically needed someone to to empty their their store mm -hmm. because they had they had like a big store where they were putting I'll say residual so they they they, they had a chain that chain was creating residuals mm -hmm. and they needed someone to empty that because they had no more space mm -hmm. um they had difficulties finding a person so mm -hmm. I told I told the guy okay you want you want to try me out this is what this is what you're going to pay me mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, what you pay me, I'm not making any benefit. I'm just basically covering my charges, but I want you to see what I'm able to do. Mm -hmm. And in his plans, he was planning to do it with four trucks. I did the same job with two trucks in half the time. Wow. And the director of the company actually called me and be like, um, is that how you do all your jobs? I said, yeah. It's not like it's the first time. When I tell you my driver is going to be there with the truck at four o'clock, he's going to be there at four o'clock. Mm -hmm. If I tell you he's going to be there at one o'clock, he's going to be there at one o'clock mm -hmm. because I make sure he's yes, there at that time and I make sure he does the the, 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 the job the way he's supposed to be, you mm -hmm. know, it's supposed to be done. It's logistics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there's nothing you can do about it. If you want your your stuff to work, you have to be up and looking after it right mm -hmm. that's logistics um and if you get your, your, your logistics right the truck is just a machine mm -hmm. you just need someone to operate it right if you have the right operators and if you have the right people to maintain your machine mm -hmm. you're fine the machine would we work wonders so some people i mean he basically wanted me to call him for his transport in the whole mm -hmm. the whole country, but I told him, okay, if you want to do that, that means we are getting into the real business. So we signed a contract, we register it, and mm -hmm. I'm going to give you my real pricing. And he was like, no, we have to, you know, you you, you have to do at the same price. I said, no, I, mm -hmm. I told you at the beginning, I just want you mm -hmm. to see the way we work. You've seen that we work with you for one month, mm -hmm. right? You wanted us to do two months with four trucks i did one month with two trucks mm -hmm. so you understand that we are efficient people you don't know 
because he didn't know those trucks they were working 24 7 right mm -hmm. I, i'm pretty sure in those four weeks we had to at least do the servicing we had to change some parts we had to do that but we did that on the road mm -hmm. which means we don't lose time right mm -hmm. we don't lose time so he doesn't see the amount of money goes into that maintenance that's true but he wants you the results your prices low and he wants the result that doesn't, <laughs> make, that doesn't make any sense yeah so that's basically what happens most of the time when you when you deal with local companies mm -hmm. and i mean i don't know if if it's because they can't afford it i don't know if it's because they just think that you're making too much money i don't know they're always trying to trick you i think but um trying to get the lowest rate yeah but now anyway for now it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't work for us okay it doesn't work the for local us. the local the business local the local businesses you rather deal with national yeah, the national. international businesses, I mean, they're always, they, they're still trying to bring the prices down, but not as much, mm -hmm. right? Not as much. I mean, after all, it's business. They're mm -hmm. not going to throw money down, 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 down the drain, right? That's true. But uh, at least you can work with them and actually be, be able to make some profit. Okay. And um, so how, how, can, how can people get in touch with you, with your company um, oh, in Cameroon? Um, I mean, we got an email. What's the email? We got the email, which is uh, basically Z A L I, that's Zali, mm -hmm. um, dash S A R L S A at yahoo.fr, or you can you can join me on my personal email, okay. that's Lionel Zali at gmail.com, mm -hmm. or my personal phone number. I'll put all the information under the, uh, the descriptions uh, when I post this. Okay. So, and at the end of the on my podcast, I like to ask the person I'm interviewing um, the, what is the book they're reading or the book they are thinking about buying to read. Book? I'm not a big reader, actually. Okay. Um, I've never really read much. Uh, I actually started reading books when I started working for Slum because I had spare time on the platform. Mm -hmm. uh, I did you have to pass the time? Yeah, so I started reading Western books okay but uh, now i'm actually reading a book i i basically pick random books okay i don't really have a style okay you know but as long as i most of the time if the book is about it's about like like an like, like an action book mm -hmm. or like a, how am i going to say that um investigation mm -hmm. book or something like that detectives whatever yeah, detective yeah. and all that then i can read it um, I don't read much. Uh, I actually, I think I read about one book a year, so it's not okay. much. Um, I'm more of a, I'm more of a listener. I I, I listen to stuff. I watch documentaries. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm I'm not a big reader. Okay. Uh, I would say Discovery Channel. Yeah, Discovery I like Channel. That. You can yeah. get that information <laughs> from there. Yeah, that's what I like. Well, this concludes uh, Wine Tasting Sunday's episode 8. We sat down with uh, Lionel Zelli, owner of Sokomi. So if you're in Cameroon or you have a business in Cameroon or you know someone that has a business in Cameroon and they move in freight, um, point them into his direction. Uh, so thank you for listening and we are out. Peace.